The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Good evening, everybody, on this beautiful Thursday night. Welcome back to the show, our once-a-week Bears All-Access show with my broadcast partner from WBBM, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing tonight? Like you said, it's a beautiful day today, and, um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of conversation on the horizon about sports and um, baseball being one of them, but, you know, we're here to talk about the Bears and what's going on um, ahead yeah jim yeah. edwards conference call today uh, with the nfl owners and they're continuing to plow forward hoping to play on time training camps on time july 28th for most teams reporting date if you got guys that are rookies quarterbacks maybe guys that are banged up they can report a little earlier but how are you looking at this right now because the league yeah, is certainly I, looking at it from a positive point of view yeah they are and i think roger goodell making a statement today they do plan on moving forward with training camps at july 28th you know the unfortunate cancellation of the hall of fame game i think a lot of people ex- uh, expected that between the steelers and and the dallas cowboys so now those two teams will probably report on that same reporting date uh july 28th and you know but i, th- I think the nfl even they announced today depending on the, the fans in the stadiums, they'll probably have distancing. The, the first eight rows of every stadium will be off limits. So who's ever got a seat in row nine, they're probably ecstatic because they just moved to the front <laughs> row. Uh, but, you know, I think they are. They're trying to a- anticipate everything. But as always, adapt, ad- adjust, be flexible. But I think uh, much like baseball, they're starting up July 1st, I believe. So that's not a few days away. The players are on board with it now in baseball. And I think those negotiations are happening between the NFLPA and the NFL right now to make the players feel confident and sure that they're going to play. I, what I think is interesting, and I've talked to a lot of players, Jeff, and Tom, I certainly want to get uh, your thoughts on this. If I'm a player, and we know the average career is four years, you know, you basically be used losing 25% of that window if they were not to, to play football. And I think players are willing to take that risk. I think the majority of the rank and file would want to play. I talked to a couple of players today. They said, absolutely, I, I'm ready to play some football. I'm ready to go to work. They understand that they're – that the percentages of them, unless there's underlying issues, and there are players like James Conner, he's had cancer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's other players that have the sickle uh, trait uh, in them. There's other players that have diabetes. Maybe they are a little bit cautious. And then, of course, you know, they don't want to take it home to their families. So, but I do think players would, would definitely take that risk to play football here in 2020. You know, Jim and Jeff, I was never in the tax bracket where I could say no to playing football. And sometimes that's even a result of you play injured throughout the season because you know that you're not in that, that level. So when you're talking about some of these guys that are outspoken, you got to see what economic bracket they're in in terms of their roster and how much money they've made. Because I know coming from my background, I never had the luxury of saying, no, I won't play. It's always, what can you do to get me on the field? And that's some of the pain-relieving shots that you took before the game or even when you tweak something early in the season and you overlooked it to keep playing. Well, Saint Safety Malcolm Jenkins appearing on CNN today called football non-essential and the risk of COVID must be eliminated for him to feel comfortable playing. 
Uh, fellas, you're going to hear a pocket of these types of guys as well. Tom, you, I, I did text that to you today, and, and you alluded to the economics of the individual, but is it more than that, fellas? Well, there, there's, there is more to it than that, Jeff. But, you know, you have to look at it from a, a young, naive kid like Tom Thayer that's going into the NFL at 23 or 24 years old. And I have no past, and my, I think my future earning potential is through football. So then you're young and you're naive and you may overlook some things. You're talking about Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, who's an experienced life guy. He understands more than sports, and he's looking at a bigger picture here. I still believe that there has to be some kind of protection from the virus if, if sports is going to go on. But again... Where are you in terms of your life? And like Jim said, 3.2 years is a career. You miss a year, you may be missing out on your last season or the one opportunity you have to make it into the NFL. And I think players, and I agree with Tom, I think players, you know, if, if I were to make that decision, you know, and if I wanted to put myself in a bubble, meaning I'd tell my wife and kids, because I'd want to play football. That's just me personally. I would want to play football for all the reasons that Tom just mentioned. And if that cause, causes me to make the decision of me and my wife and, and my kids, you want to know what, honey? I think I can, you know, I can commit myself to six months. We'll, we'll talk via virtual meetings. I'll talk to the kids, call them, all those type of things, so I don't put them at risk. And that I'm still able to, to go to work, do what I love to do, and play football because it means that much to me as a player. And, I, you know, I don't have to subject them to that. And some players may come to that decision. You know, the, the, you know, all sports are different, you know, from the NBA side of it in their negotiations, the players, cause they're going to be down in Orlando, right? The, from the NBA player side of it, they thought the NBA was being too restrictive. They wanted to put those players in the bubble. And a lot of those players thought, Hey, this is too prohibitive. I want to be able to go out and, you know, go out to dinner or, or, or things like that and do stuff like that. And yet still play uh, basketball. You know, football, they're probably making those negotiations right now. I think one negotiation that is definitely going to happen is you have to have an increased roster. You need to have roster exemptions if a player does test positive for COVID. And it's not when, or it's not if, it's when. I think we understand these players that are healthy and not at risk in terms of the percentage of dying unless there's under uh, underlying issues, I think you're going to have to have roster exemptions. Here, Ezekiel Elliott uh, just tested positive for COVID. He said, you know, the symptoms only hit me for about two days. He said, I feel good. I feel like I'm I'm back to normal. So they're, re, re, you know, responding very quickly, but yet he would be quarantined for two weeks. You need to have that roster exemption for him to be able to sign a player. I don't care who it is, LaShawn McCoy, whatever. Let's say five guys come down with it. And I don't think that number should be uh, an exact number. It should be different for every team. If one team has five guys that are quarantined, they need five roster exemptions. If one team has 10, they need 10 roster exemptions so that they're able to adapt and adjust if players do come down uh, with the illness during the season. Well, the NFL Chief Medical Officer Alan Sill saying there's active discussion with the union on testing, screening, and travel, emphasizing testing alone, quote, isn't going to be good enough to keep everybody healthy. So, again, managing risk is a big part of this right now. Uh, fellas, guys like Tom Brady and his guys in Tampa Bay, the Lions and Matthew Stafford today, I'm sure, uh, around the league, players are working out together. Again, it's not a violation of NFL policy, but – uh, they have been disregarding the advice of the union, which is supported by the NFL, that they shouldn't be working out in groups at the moment, given the uh, spikes 
around the certain areas of the nation right now, including Florida, Texas, California, et cetera? Well, first of all, Jeff, they do have to work out, but they don't have to work out in groups. They still have to get their individual self prepared for whatever position they play to be ready for that July 28th date. And it's not like something you can take four or five weeks off and get ready July 27th. You're you're, ba- you're baiting. You're begging for injury. So when you see these guys work out together, the, the biggest threat of contact is each of them touching the football. They don't have to be in the same area. And Jim knows that there's more communication at the width of the line of scrimmage than there is in the huddle nowadays. So they can be protective. I think it's all about contact with the football. Jim, would you be doing it right now? Uh, I probably would, Jeff. You know, I'd be willing to take that risk. And I think whether it's Tom Brady, it's not just Tom Brady. I know he's been the one that's really been the point man, but – Hey, Lamar Jackson's done it with uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Kyler Murray flew in 20 guys uh, to Texas from the Arizona Cardinals so that, that they can work together because they know they, they've missed a lot of work here this offseason. And that chemistry, that gelling that we've talked about on the show that is critical to your team's success, I think these guys you know, are, are trying to get that worked out uh, right now. And I think they're willing to take the risk. I'm not saying that they think they're invincible. You know, I think they understand that they can test positive, but they are willing to to take that risk. And hopefully, they're just being smart um, about you know washing their hands and doing all those things. Because of course, they don't want to go home. And I don't think, and I know Tom Brady personally, he doesn't want to go home and spread it to anybody in his family uh, either. But at the same point, much like uh, a young player who doesn't want to miss a quarter of their season, Tom Brady basically said, "I'm I'm only playing two more years," and he's going all out. Uh, to make sure that he continues to have the success he is, and hopefully he's just doing it responsibly. But they're going to work, Jeff. They have to. It's the only way you get better at your craft. That's former Bears quarterback Jim Miller. Tom Thayer with you. And Jeff Joniak, this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Champ Kelly of the Bears after he was involved and invited to a special event that the National Football League uh, has put on, and we'll talk to him about that and more. Our producer tonight, Jordan Malley. Let's step away for a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer. And Jim Miller coming up at the bottom of the hour. Champ Kelly of the Bears talk about a lot of different things. Now, last week, obviously, we heard from the Bears' assistant coaches. We played some of those uh, extended portions of those interviews. And I'm going to do it again here with uh, new offensive coordinator Bill Lazerfellas as he looks at how the quarterback competition might look from his experience point of view and just being one of the many new coaches in the offensive reset for the 2020 Bears. I don't know if it sounds like a cliche, but the, the – you just have to let the thing play out. You know, you got to let guys earn it. Um, sometimes your gut tells you. Sometimes you, you, it helps to look at the statistics every day, you know, though it's not a game situation, but of practice. And, and you just take in all the information. I worked for a coach one time, and, and actually the, the, the battle was – this was a very old, wise coach who won numerous Super Bowls, and the battle was for the backup quarterback job. And I just remember after one of the preseason games, he came to me. He said, you know, when that guy went in the huddle, I just watched how the team changed, you know. And uh, so there are so many different factors that go into it. Some of it is real statistical and some of it is 
watching a guy and, and, and how he presents himself. And uh, hopefully we have plenty of preseason games because I think that's the most fair way, I think, for the guys is to let them play on the game field. And that, that's the most fair. So hopefully, hopefully they, they get an opportunity to do that. And it could be reduced, fellas. That will also impact the number of snaps, but uh, maybe there's some com- compensatory way to make this you know, happen where they get as many snaps as possible. And we've heard this from head coach Matt Nagy that he's going to try to get these guys matched up with the first unit as much as possible and make it fair. Well, you know, Jeff, one thing he said early is one thing about football, you kind of let the competition play itself out, and then you're, it's going to be all figured out after that. And I think that's true for any position that there's a battle going into this training camp, but it's more unique in terms of the quarterback because the time that the, the verbiage starts coming out of their mouth in the huddle, the evaluation process starts. When you're an offensive lineman, the evaluation process starts when you come out of your stance you go, you go contact to contact, and how long can you maintain that? And do you contribute to the success or failure of the play? Quarterback sometimes, a lot of times, most times when they're throwing the ball, is going to determine the fate and the success of the play. So, yeah, these, do, these battles in football have a tendency of working themselves out. I think there's more decision processes along the way when you're trying to figure out the quarterback position. Yeah, I think for the most part it will declare itself. I've been in three-way quarterback battles in Pittsburgh. It doesn't work. Try you know distributing the reps a, a third of each guy. It's just to me that's too hard. Two guys is a legit uh, competition, and I do think it'll declare itself. If it doesn't, then that's where you really uh, come into the trouble areas. But all the things Coach Bill Lazor uh, talked about, just how the team responds to whatever quarterbacks in there. Just some guys you know, have the ability to, to motivate. And that's part of the job uh, of a quarterback. And statistically, how they grade out, how they evaluate, are they going to the right receiver? Are they making the correct reads? Are they making the correct checks? All that's being evaluated every single day. And I think it'll de- it declare itself. And the cream always rises to the top. And we'll see if it happens here uh, through training camp for the Chicago Bears. What do you want to see? What do you exactly you want to see in this QB battle and how, I mean, from my perspective, I want to see how it elevates everybody else on the field as well. You know, Jim, for me, as as naive, you know, well, not naive, just not as experienced at the quarterback position as you are. For some of us that sit back and you watch the quarterback battles, you know, it's as much as watching the, how quickly the ball gets out of the quarterback's hands when you know it's an obvious passing play. And sometimes the defense is alerted to it, so it makes it a little bit more different. But I think like any quarterback or Jim with your experience, the whether the quarterback made the right decision according to the defense that you had scripted for him and the play you wrote down, a lot of times you can see that decision in the time frame in which they work with successfully or not is some of the obvious you know, the obvious chances behind it. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, those coaches know it exactly in terms of how the script is and where a ball should go, say, versus a a certain coverage. And now they've got to evaluate whether each quarterback is ultimately going to make that decision. And they can script those things to happen so that they can evaluate uh, things like that. But decision-making is paramount. There's no doubt about that. Like I said, how you elevate uh, your teammates' command of the offense, and I think situational play. You know, has Mitch Trubisky grown in terms of situational play? Hey, when to punt the football, when to not take a sack. There are certain no-sack uh, situations. Did he throw the ball away uh, to, to avoid putting the ball in, in harm's way? And I think all those things are so critical at, at the position. And bottom line is you got to motivate your team, and it's about winning games. 
And uh, those practices, whether it's a, a winning effort day in and day out, and those coaches will be able to determine, hey, this guy gives us the opportunity to win because we've evaluated it all, he's accomplished it all, and we expect it to carry over to on the field as he's going to be named the starting quarterback of this team. I don't know which one it's going to be, but uh, that's where it ultimately has to go for the Chicago Bears. They uh, have steadfastly avoided talking about scheme and specifics of what it's going to look like. I called it an offensive reset. It's still Matt Nagy's overall system that he has taught to them, and they've tweaked it, and we're very excited to see how that's going to look. What do you guys anticipate what it might look like, no matter who the starting quarterback is in 2020, in terms of changes, tweaks, whatever? Well, to me, I, I think, um, and I talked a little bit about this, that you know, Juan Castillo, he's got more experience with Matt Nagy um, than Matt, from the offensive line perspective, has around him before him. Uh, Juan Castillo was a more experienced coach before Matt got into the coaching ranks and then elevated the head job. I think it starts with the physical play of the offensive line, Jeff. And if you talk about what these quarterbacks can contribute, how deceptive they can be in the play-action game, how dominant uh, David Montgomery can become, I think the one element, and I'm not forgetting about the tight end position because I know that contribution is, is important, but if they don't have a more aggressive approach at the running at the running line of scrimmage, I think that'll be a hindrance to a lot of other player development. Yeah, and I, I do. I think it cleans up a lot of reads for a young quarterback. If you're able to run the football and use the play-action side of it, it cleans up a lot of reads, and it creates bigger windows from that standpoint. So I do think they need to run the ball a lot better. And as, as Tom mentioned, the tight end position, how many shows have we talked about this offseason about it being a tight end-centric offense? The Bears address this position. Jimmy Graham needs to be a factor. Cole Komet, I don't think he needs to be a star, but he needs to be a contributor his his first year. And I think they expect uh, big things from him. But that position has to improve and produce more. So try to factor in, go back two years ago when Nagy showed up, had big years from Trey Burton. They want to go back to that tight end-centric offense and get that position going because that's where they had a lot of success because that's what this offense is based on. All right, this is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. We'll hear from defensive line coach Jay Rogers when we come back after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Brought to you by IGS Energy. This segment of Bears All Access is also brought to you by CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, along with Jim Miller, coming up around 6.30. We'll be joined by our pal, uh, and he's an enlightening guy indeed, uh, the Bears Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Champ Kelly. Uh, For the time being, let's talk a little Bears defense, fellas, because as, as great as the outside linebackers are, as outstanding as the front seven is, what happens up front still in the trenches, uh, dictate a lot. And Jay Rogers last week uh, was asked about what specifics he got out of the Zoom meetings that impacted him. And on a couple of occasions, he, uh, he, he, he twisted it up a little bit for the fellas to enlighten each other. What I did was I put together some clips of the guys doing their jobs really well. And I just had the guys talk the entire time. Rather than me, you know, sit and, and install the defense or – 
go over certain plays. I just had the guys talk. And I'd ask Akeem, I said, all right, you're, you're taking on a double team right here. You know, talk to the young guys about what made you dominate this double team. And, and really for the entire hour and a half in both, both of those sessions, run and pass, they just spoke. And, and again, each guy is different. What Eddie does is maybe different than what Akeem does, which is different than what Roy does. They're all different body types. And I know you have heard, heard me say that before, but to hear what works for one guy may help somebody else. And, and I think that this former college quarterback has a unique perspective, obviously. He hasn't been the guy in the trenches, but why not turn it over to the guys who have and give them real specifics on, and which Akeem does routinely anyway. We know the story. He's done it for Bilal Nichols from the moment he got into the National Football League and Roy Robertson-Harris soaking it up as well. Uh, Eddie Goldman, those guys up front also need to have just another impactful season. And I think with Jay's tutoring, and Akeem being healthy, it's going to be big things for the front seven. Right, but, you know, it's about improvement of their style of play, their technique, their fundamentals. And, yeah, you can learn it from Akeem Hicks because he is so dominating and so powerful. And when you look at his tape of accomplishment, he has a long highlight reel. But then you take a guy like Roy Robertson, then you see these snippet, dominant, great plays that come in a couple of games. And I think Jay and that um, – press conference referred to the first Green Bay game and the first Minnesota game, but then how he wants to see Roy Robb be able to play like that more often. And I think that's the key ingredient here is because we saw what happened to the defensive front when Nakeem Hicks got hurt. But now you have these other guys that have, you know, similar structure, style, strength, body style, athleticism. They need to start getting the more valuable reps out of themselves that they see Akeem Hicks on his highlight tapes. And I think it's always important, you know, to, to be, you know, listening to, to the veterans. You know, they may have a tool in their bag that they're sharing with you that you may want that tool in your bag to utilize versus, you know, in a certain situation or maybe it's a a certain point in the game. Hey, I remember what uh, Keem Hicks talked about this, and this was a tip uh, that he gave me, and maybe it's something that you can add to your game. Certainly not every player is as dominant or as physically uh, gifted as Akeem Hicks, but it's it's sometimes those tips that are really from the neck up that give you an edge or leverage in a certain game situation that can put your, your play over the top uh, from that. Sometimes it's about playing smarter. It's not about playing harder uh, and just using those tips to your advantage in, in on game day. I'm just uh, fortunate, in, or I think the Bears are, and, and to have a guy like Akeem willing to do that because I, I remember back in the day, the late Brian Robinson, he was on the Rams at one point. He said no one wanted to share any information. You know, he'd ask, they wouldn't help him because they were fearful of, 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 you know, helping a player take their position or whatever. And I think those days are gone in the National Football League, and maybe you guys felt the same way. I don't know. But sharing knowledge is a sure sign that that locker room is tight. Well, you know, one thing that about veterans that are really good at what they do, they have to see that a young guy is invested as much as he was as a young person climbing up the ranks. Because if you have a guy and you can kind of see that he doesn't have the work ethic, the determination, the willingness or the dedication – you're kind of just wasting your breath. So when you see Akeem going out to re, you know, reach out to Roy Robb or Eddie Goldman or Blau Nichols and these guys, that's when you gain a, more of an appreciation from Akeem because he's taking his experience and handing it downward so those guys, when they are in Akeem's shoes, they can hand it downward themselves. 
I don't know if those are completely gone, Jeff, because I remember Lamar Jackson <laughs> got drafted by Baltimore, and I believe the quote from Joe Flacco is, I'm not here to mentor anybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So, I don't know if they're completely gone. I'm looking at it from an idealistic point of view, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm certain it isn't. But it is good to have a team full of guys that are willing to, to step up and mentor some of these young guys. That's for sure. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Champ Kelly, Bears assistant director of player personnel, to talk about an event he's got coming up this weekend and also one he was a part of this week. This is Bears All Access with Tom, Jim. I'm Jeff Joniak. Brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Place up your sneakers and join us July 10th through 12th for the first ever PNC Chicago Bears Virtual 5K and Kids Dash. This year, a portion of every paid registration will be donated to Bears Care to support local communities and COVID-19 relief. Register today at chicagobears.com slash 5K. Jeff, Tom, and Jim back on Bears All Access with Jordan Malley, our producer here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, pleased to be joined this evening by the Bears Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Champ Kelly. Champ, how you doing? And uh, most importantly, champ, happy belated Father's Day to a great girl dad. Three daughters, lovely wife, Stephanie. How's the family? Oh, they're doing well. We, we literally just pulled into my grandmother's house in Florida from a 10-hour drive from St. Louis. And we, we made it. We're happy. We stay, we're safe. Thank you for the Father's Day wish. I miss you guys. Yeah, well, you know, when are we going to see each other here? It, lo- it looks like it's coming. It looks like it's coming for training camp, but uh, the, the key is stay safe and stay healthy out there while you get ready for the season. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so listen, you were a part of a terrific event, an invitation from the National Football League. Same story for the Bears running back coach, Charles London. Uh, the NFL in partnership with the Black, uh, Black College Football Hall of Fame, and it had a, a great summit and if I'm not mistaken, you, you've been a part of this before uh, to help strengthen diversity across the league. Uh, it's aimed to build coaching and personnel development pipelines. What was it like on Monday, Tuesday? Because it was a virtual, obviously, can't get face-to-face. Uh, but was it rewarding, and what you what'd you get out of it? You know, you know first of all, I, I was blessed to be able to participate in it, you know, especially with the climate of what's going on. Um, in the NFL and, and them trying to improve diversity and race relations in the league and also what's going on in our country right now. Um, so to be a part of this group, um, you know, kind of the founders of this was were, were Doug Williams and, and Shaq Harris and the College Football Hall of Fame and Troy Vincent. Man, they did, a, they did an awesome job these last couple of days. Hey, Champ, um, first of all, when I read Wikipedia, I see your first name's Anthony, and I never knew that. Why aren't we calling you Tony, Anthony? Why are we calling you Champ Kelly? So when I was raised, when I, when I was born, the doctor handed me to my mom. My mother said, we made it, didn't we, Champ? And so everyone knew me as Champ from that point on, but when she was asked to sign a birth certificate, she said, I am going to give my, my baby – Anthony as his first name if he's one day to become the president of the United States. And so she wanted me to have a name that, um, you know, was more relatable. But when I started playing sports and everybody from my hometown just knows me as champ and it it just kind of stuck. 
Hey, champ, uh, in the event that you participated in this weekend, I read that all NFL teams didn't participate in it and that you guys are trying to attract more teams in it. Why would teams be reluctant from participating in it? Yeah, I, you know, I think that there were probably 20 or more NFL teams, and there were a lot of collegiate um, you know, personnel and coaches that were involved in this event. Um, you know, I don't know the reluctancy to, to allow – you know, people to have this opportunity. Um, they had, I mean, just a tremendous amount of great speakers, you know, that talked about, you know, Mike Vrabel talked about building a staff. Um, and then you hear Hugh Jackson talk about the first 30 days on the job. I mean, they had one of the best panels that, I, that I've been a part of. They had Bruce Arias and um, Javier Loya from the Houston, Texas, John Mara, Ozzie Newsom, Art Rooney, um, and Steve Weiss kind of moderated that section. So, man, it was just a tremendous opportunity just to gain a tremendous amount of wealth and knowledge about the game of football. It, it went so far beyond, like, race relations. This, this was general, like, let me prepare you to, be, to make your football team better and also to better your career and advance your career. Hey, champ, Jim Miller here, and hey, I love the name. Who wouldn't want to be called champ? You know what I'm saying? That's that's uh, where it should. That's where it starts. You're winning everything, my friend. Well, it sounds like 22 teams did participate. And let me ask you this, because as you do, as you get to develop relationships with new people, like you said, uh, John Mara, and football's always been that kind of way. It's always been a friend of a friend, or maybe you get a, a tip or a insight from another coach hey I really like this guy over here and 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 it's always been that way and and do you think with summits like this this QB coaching summit that those relationships will help uh, create diversity in the NFL moving forward hey hey Jim one thing I would say before we move on is too much is given much is required so if you have a name like champ like your standards have to be extremely high so there's some pressure to that but um when it, when it comes to relations in, in the NFL, man, I, I truly believe, you, you know, the, the more that especially minority candidates have an opportunity to get to know some of these owners, some of these head coaches, some of these general managers, um, then these owners, general managers, head coaches will be willing um, to sponsor and hire um, some of these minority candidates. The one thing that I, that I will, you know, adamantly and firmly say after, after experiencing a summit like this is that the cupboard is not bare. Um, there's a vast, a vast, vast pool of, of highly educated, highly qualified um, minorities and, um, you know, that have, that have, the, that have the, the ability to be great head coaches and general managers and presidents of, of, of organizations and, I, I do believe that that change is coming, and, you, you know, I, I, I just want to be on the right side of history when it starts to take place. Yeah. Let me follow up with this. What got you into the personnel side of it? Because we've had great, you know, whether it's Shaq Harris or look at Ozzie Newsome, the success he's had on the personnel side of it. What interested you on the personnel side of it more than, say, the coaching side of it uh, here as you, you move forward in the NFL? That's a great question, Jim. Um, I actually um, coached in the indoor league. I played and I coached in the indoor league. I also became a general manager in the indoor league. Um, and basically I spent four years trying to get an interview to even get one interview in the NFL. Um, and when I got that opportunity, it was in personnel. And initially I thought, you know, well, maybe I would 
go personnel and then, you know, try to get into coaching and parlay it from that way. But once I got into personnel, I truly realized that I loved that aspect of it. I love the hunt. I love finding the player, identifying the traits. I tell everybody the sermon is a gift of mine. Um, I love working in a team of, of, of competitive scouts that we have, especially in Chicago, led by Ryan Pace and Josh Lucas and Mark Sadowski. Like, I love being a, that, that part of that group. And, you know, more so than just coaching and, um, and also, you know, coaches are there all nice, a little bit more volatile. And I knew that I knew that I wanted to be a family guy. I wanted to be home with my daughters every night. Um, and so personnel ended up being the thing that, that fit my lifestyle better. Bears assistant director, player personnel, Champ Kelly, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy, Jeff, Tom, and Jim with Champ. And Champ, you, I see that there were and, – and they've done this, I think, at the Combine as well for coaches, minority coaches in particular. And, and they had mock interviews for head coach – mostly focusing, uh, as I understand, on developing more offensive coaches uh, for this purpose, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, whatever. But uh, did you go through as, as being a personnel guy with uh, no question a dream of becoming a general manager in the National Football League, uh, go through any mock interviews? Because you have interviewed for GM jobs in the National Football League and have been a candidate for them as well. Yes, yeah. So, so Jeff, yeah. So, I actually did the mock interview at the combine while I was with Denver in 2015 before I came to Chicago, and then this year um, they wanted to update that particular interview. So, um, this year at the Senior Bowl, I actually updated the interview that I did for 2015. I think that's an excellent um, job, a tool that they provide um, for upcoming um, coaches and scouts, and they've even expanded it this year uh, to some guys that are probably be ready for coordinator jobs because I think it, it, it allows, you know, owners and decision makers to go to a, a website or, and, and be able to pull up, you know, my name or, you know, pull up Josh Lucas's name um, and, and get a chance to hear us speak, hear us answer questions, and ultimately hopefully become a little bit more familiar with us uh, and more confident in, in, in giving us a, giving us a job, you know, because it's, it's it's so hard inside this league, you know, you know, a lot of people don't know what I do or what I've done or what a lot of scouts have done, and so so it's hard for them to know unless they go to those videos and really listen in. Oh, you were really successful, so it's kind of a natural opportunity for you to stay in the business of football. But how, how can people that don't play? football start into the coaching life or even start into the front office life you know there are several tools um out there now you know what i what i tell a lot of people is before you decide you want to do this you have to have passion for this game you can't just like it and expect it to treat you right you have to make it priority um as far as career is concerned and if you make it priority you can be successful in it um, the, the main thing is if you want an opportunity to, to, get, a, to get a job or get a position um, in the NFL, obviously you have to – usually you have to have some, some experience of playing or, or some considerable knowledge about the game, and you have to be where scouts or coaches are at. You know, if you're, whether that's the senior bowl, whether that's the combine, like you have to make yourself known, you have to be there, and you have to distinguish yourself from the several other, other hundred resumes that we get you know, per week. 
Um, and sometimes that's hard, but um, present yourself in a, in, in a manner that um, makes the team want to have your trait um, to develop, to grow, and to, to help their team get better. Let me let me ask you this, Champ, and I want to go back to the the ownership side of it. Like you said, if you're sitting in front of an owner uh, for an interview and having, you know, even at this uh, quarterback coaching summit that you're at, and the owners that you talk to there, how interesting was it, maybe from your perspective, when you hear how an owner looks at thing and what they're hiring them, and, and maybe you thought, man, I I didn't think about that. You know, I I guess I understand where the owner's coming from, but there's probably maybe some criteria that whether whether it's general manager or personnel or coaching, that how ownership looks at it and to be prepared for when that opportunity arises, when you, when you have that in your tool bag that you can present in an interview. Absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, you try to learn from every experience that you go through. Um, I've had a chance to, you know, sit down with our owners, um, um, George McCaskey and uh, Miss Virginia, um, and just have a tremendous amount of respect and, and love for, for those, for those guys. Um, and, you know, at this, at this particular summit, um, Art Rooney spoke about the qualities that his head coaches have had in Pittsburgh. And so from listening to him speak about the qualities in which his head coaches had, um, he spoke about, they were tremendous, um, communicators, um, you know, when they walked in the room, they could command the room. You knew they were set apart. They were different. Um, he spoke about um, Chuck Noll and Chuck Noll being um, very calm and a disciplinarian. Um, he spoke about Bill Cower, you know, basically saying, you know, you have to block out the noise. You know, don't allow any noise to come through. And then he talked about Mike Tumlin being a little bit different. He said, okay, you, it's so much noise going on in nowadays world and nowadays football that we can't just tell them to block it out. We have to equip them to be able to handle that noise. And so you, you learn what, you know, Art Rooney looks for, what John Mara looks for um, in an interview. And, and basically, you know, you just hope that you get an opportunity to put your best foot forward, be yourself. Like I worked under, you know, John Elway and John Fox and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and, you know, it goes on, Mike Shanahan. But when I get an opportunity to interview, when I get an opportunity to, to run a football team, ultimately I just have to be myself. Obviously I want to take what I've got from my mentors, but I have to be my authentic self. I have to be confident with me. And that owner has to be confident and trustworthy in, in the vision that we collectively put together and the goals that we set for our football team. Kelly Bears, Assistant Director of Player Personnel, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. Uh, before we let you go, uh, first a thought, because uh, when I see you around the building, you're a guy that never has a bad day, or at least if he is, you're not showing it because you got an ear-to-ear grin and you are a gifted communicator. You are very relatable to the players. You have tight relationships with the players. I see you go to them on the practice field. Uh, a laugh, a thought, a nugget, whatever. You're a very inspirational individual. So that's my perspective of you, and I, I wish you luck as you climb the NFL ladder and uh, reach your dreams. But I'd like it to be here in Chicago. You know, stick around, champ. You know, the roster's looking good. Uh, also, you're down in Florida, and you're going to have an event coming up on June 28th at Brown Town Park down in Florida. Tell us about it and, and what it means to you because uh, you started something, too, called Heart Power, Inc., and what does all that take uh, into account for you down there? 
Jeff, first of all, thank you, thank you so much for saying that. I, I don't believe in bad days. I believe <laughs> um, I tell myself that I'm allowed bad moments. Obviously, sometimes moments can turn into days, but I never allow a moment to just continually get the best of me. It may steal my happiness for a point, but I never allow it to steal my joy because ultimately my joy comes from a higher power. And so that's how I live my, that's how I live my life. Um, you know, and, and this Sunday we're having a Black Lives Matter cookout and just informational. And ultimately what we want to do in, in, in this event is just spread unity. There's so much, there's so much division and misinformation that's, that's being spread. I want people to be able to talk with authenticity, but I want the entire community, black, white, red, whatever, to be there and to learn together. We're going to eat together um, and we're going to heal together. I have a tremendous amount of hope for um, our country. Um, I, I, I believe in the magnitude of the game of football and what it can, what it can mean to healing. Um, and I've been blessed to have been a part of our organization, Heart Power, for 11 years now, providing you know, camps in several different states for free in, in, in places that um, are more at-risk communities um, to try to help give back. And that's all I want to do is give back. Let's get it done. Thank you so much, champ. Appreciate your time. Good luck with the event, and uh, we'll see you soon next month. How about it? Bless I, I, I'm, I'm ready. Bless you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Champ Kelly, Bears Assistant Director of Player Personnel. Our guest, one final segment to go with Jim and Tom. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible. With the new Razor, you can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone. It's an accessory. It's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto. Jeff, Tom, and Jim. Bears all access with you for a few more minutes before we hand it off to the top of the hour here on The Score. All right, I didn't, I didn't prepare you guys for this, but I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Make you Put your thinking cap on real quick. I have an idea where Tom might go with this, but Jim and Tom, uh, and I'll, I'll chime in too. Don't worry, I won't, be, I won't be leaving you guys hanging out to dry. Name a player on the 90-man roster that right now that you might be or maybe the media and the fans might be sleeping on right now that we might see a bigger year than maybe we expect from a player. I, I, I'm going to start with Big Tom. I'm going David Montgomery. <laughs> I think he's the most – I think he's I the most – say it unappreciated, overlooked player on the roster. Why? But I think he has a bigger impact in the league. You know what? You go back and you look at a videotape of David Montgomery, and you look at what he provides. He's got vision. He's got tackle impact. He can hit the hole. He's got the ability to catch downfield and out of the backfield. So the more active he becomes inside and outside of this offense, the better this offense will will be. He's a tough guy. He can be the number one running back on your team. He can play all three downs. I just think David Montgomery, his best friend needs to be Juan Castillo. He needs to learn how this offensive line is going to work in front of him, and you're going to see more profit from David Montgomery. Um, Jim? I'm going I'm to go with if the tight end position makes the impact, I think it will. I think the player that is going to have a good re- year and I think will rebound, and he's dealt with a shoulder injury the past couple of years, Anthony Miller. I think he's going to be big out of the slot. 
is my prediction for him. So, again, that, that shoulder injury somewhat set him back, but had seven touchdowns his first year, needs to come back, and, and I think he, I expect a big year from Anthony Miller. All right, I'm going to throw one. I'm, I'm going in the trenches, and I'm going with James Daniels. Because each year I look at the roster, and this is common, okay, as teams have guys enter year three, it's really it's, – it's supposed to be your takeoff year. And I believe that with a new way of looking at things, more strength, he is now a maturing player in the National Football He came in young and mature, as a matter of fact, but maybe a little more vocal up front with the kind of tutoring he is expected to get, drilling fundamentals like Juan Castillo anticipates doing. Just his body, the way he's built, I'm just looking for him to become a guy who's going to live up to his potential, and he's going to have a takeoff year in James Daniels. What do you think about that one? It's a competitive position, Jeff. I mean, James Daniels has to get better as his position, and he's got to get better throughout the season. If you look at Jermaine Effetti, you look at Rashad Coward, you look at Alex Bars, you look at some of the other guys that they have here, there's going to be competition there. You can, uh, you, again, you're going to go out there probably with the first team day one, but I don't think the guys behind them are just a foregone conclusion. It's going to be James's job to have. However, he is a he is a superior he is he has got a lot of talent and he's got interior a talent to play more than one interior position but you know right now the competition will be at guard all right well fellas we're running out of time and i just uh can't wait to training camp gets here and hopefully all goes well i know you guys feel the same thanks again as always fellas hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you next thursday that's going to do it for us for Jim and Tom and Jordan Treadup and Dan Brilli, our producers, Jordan Malley tonight at The Score. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to Champ Kelly, our guest tonight, the Bears' Assistant Director of Player Personnel. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great night, everybody, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.